Towards the far post, Riston, Anton! Payne, Berisha, Diamante! Durante with a free header! And the honour of Western United's first A-League goal goes to a familiar face. Bessart, Berisha! Connor Payne on the left. Alessandro Diamante, the ball on a string and... Oh, Diamante! Buongiorno, welcome back to All Out West Season 2 Part 1 Review. Review Part 1, whatever it is. This week you're joined by Scott, Kelsey, Leb, Jade. I'm your host, Wallace, in lockdown in Melbourne. Now let's get into this. Despite a successful start to the season, the travel and COVID outbreaks really came back to haunt Western United's players and staff. From playing terrible makeup fixtures on a Monday night in front of 900 people to being locked down in other states to an eight-game losing streak to playing off for an FFA Cup spot, this was a difficult season for players and fans alike. But let's focus on the positive. We had some breakout performances from young players such as DP, Lockie Wales and Duzel getting consistent game time. Um, Ryan Scott managed to cement his starting spot due to consistent concussions with Curto and... Probably the the big story and narrative line that I really love from the season was Western Service crew lad, Charlie Emery, got his first pro call-up. Uh, other great ones was Manny and Bayou getting their first um, their first professional games as well uh, at the end of the season after lighting up the MPL. Like, come on, this was a six-season bar the results. Kelsey, what was your highlight? Going on my first win, win versus Perth. That was pretty sick. That was a good. That was, and you took your mate who'd never been to an A League game before, and you. And he's undefeated him. in both games. They're man, Melbourne City. Oh, that, that's good, Scotty. What's your highlight of the season? Uh, probably the Tassie trip. The probably the first game in Tassie was one of my favourites. That and Emery starting, uh, not in starting, but getting a call. Emery up. Get, getting a call up and seeing him afterwards celebrate and just take it all in. Those two, Jay. Uh, my highlight, other than yeah, that first one of the Tassie trip, which I'm, I can guarantee is probably a lot of people's highlights. My personal one was on my birthday. We got up over Melbourne City, who were going to win the title, and uh, one of my good mates, Phil, was there, and we both got egged on by the rest of the crew to do shoeys. And I've never done a shoey in public before, so that was pretty fun. It was just oh, a- I remember that. That was fucking golden. It was a grouse night. Phil was something else that day. It was a fun, chewy. It was, uh, I couldn't have asked much more for my birthday. I thought we were going to get smashed. We got the win, go out to the pub afterwards and kicked on. Long weekend. Perfect. Lab, what was your highlight, man? Uh, my highlight's actually nothing to do with um, on a pitch. It's um, the greater connection that we built with uh, players and club staff off the pitch. It's the fact that... Um, we had more days with them to actually um, create banners, um, discuss their ideas. Um, the fact that we helped them out when they needed us to help and they helped us when we needed them to help. Um, the, the intimacy and chats that we and the time that we got to spend with the higher-ups in the club and the players and even Mark Rudin while he was still there, um, that was definitely my highlight. It was, it was the... It was the the personal side of the season that we have with the club. I agree. That's, that, that's what really differentiates this club from any other professional sporting team. You're talking right? about when we helped uh, Riston out. Was that correct? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was right before making the banner. No. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> 
yeah. Uh, just build a really good connection with players and club staff alike. Wicked. Uh, one of my favourites was the going on the boat. And Gelzer, you, you were there as well. A few other people getting to go, spend some time. I met Basar Barisha uh, and Tomoki Amai. And I jumped offensively with Mace because Mace is a loose unit. So it's <laughs> the bad influence on on Amai. It was just a, it was a fun it was a fun time. And it's, who was, it was the bad influence on the other one? Do you think though? I think it was Mossop and Best that convinced Tomoki not to fall into the Yarra because there were quote-unquote Yarra Sharks in there. <laughs> and Tomoki was, thought it was a joke, and then somehow myself and Bess sold it, and then he legitimately believed there were Yarra Sharks and <laughs> became a bit more suspect of the Yarra River. But um, mm. that's what I mean. To this day, he's well, never been back. In theory, there are <laughs> sharks in Yarra. They're just heroin needles. <laughs> But honestly, so far as highlights of the season, yeah, there were so many to pick from. It's very hard. Like um, even, yeah, building the banner at the start of the year before anything had kicked off, jumping on that boat. Also, screw you, Benny. You didn't tell me I was going to be on TV. <laughs> yeah, that was an awkward song. I didn't find out I was on TV until somebody sent me a Snapchat of me waving a flag on a boat in the middle of the era. <laughs> so, but... Yeah, all still just brilliant. Yeah. Now, do you guys want to get on to a uh, – and another big one was we actually got red cards this season. We did not have any last season in the inaugural season. This year we had four, which thank you, Uzcock and uh, Ol Sanchez for really upping that game there. So a few weeks ago we put the call out to fans to see who would impress them this season, who their favourite player was, that kind of thing. And a few people got in touch with us and left us a message. Let's see what they had to say. Tamaki Emai has been, for me, the best player that we've had all season long, game on game, time after time. His strength, his consistency, his effort, absolutely stand out. The best signing, not the flashiest signing, not the most exciting signing, one of the best signings that we've got at this club and I hope he stays. Go on you Tomoki. Dylan Price. My favourite player of the season is Igor Guarachino. Uh, I think my favourite this season has been Dylan Pieros, you know, a guy that was a backup fullback for us last year and now is a starting member of the team and he scored I think one goal less than our top scorer in Bursa Barisha so to have a guy, I think he's what, 20, 21 come through and start and play all season long has been so good um, and it's just good to see a young player get an opportunity like that and I can't wait to see what he has in the future whether it's at Western United or somewhere overseas because I think he's shown that pretty soon he's going to probably outgrow this league a little bit and um, you know once Burgess left we needed someone else to bring in a spark and he's definitely done that so yeah he'd be my favourite this year Ooh a lot of love for Tomoki DP and uh Ica there, can't hate that. Thanks, everybody, for shooting through a message, and uh, let's move on. We're going to have a little conversation with a new West United fan and just the highlights of the last year of his involvement in the club. Welcome, Jacob. So it's my first season in the service crew this year. Um, it was my first game actually last year at the game at Footscray against Adelaide. Levy here got me down to Ballarat. Um, this year against the the Wanderers, unfortunately we lost one nil. So I hadn't been to a winning game for a while until we we uh, I think it was Brisbane when we won at Amy Park, and then 
oh, it was crazy when we beat City, wasn't it? You know, yeah. great form at the time. And then, oh, how good was Tazzy? I, I, I can't forget Tazzy. Tazzy was <laughs> Tazzy was gold. That was best time of my life. By do wait for Benny to mile, go honestly. for a swim. Oh, Benny Yorks, yeah, nah. He still owes us a swim, Yorks, if you're watching. <laughs> who was yeah, your mate. player? Who was your favorite player of the season? Player, look, it's it's hard, it's hard to go past Diamante, you know, just the professionalism he has, and he's just world class, honestly. But from a perspective, probably Lockie Wales. I think he brings a bit to us, to be honest. Mm. I'm I'm honestly I'm keen to see how Wenzel Halls go. Goes shattered that you know Bess is retired today. Sorry, he's just left us, not retired. Onwards and upwards from here, and we see how we go next season. Thanks for sharing that with us, Jacob. And we look forward to catching up for a beer at a game in the near future when we're not in lockdown. Uh, now onto the big one: Player of the Year award. We we have tallied the votes from each podcast episode, and Ryan Scott wins by a landslide, which not really a big surprise. He's a fan favorite, and to be honest. Even though he shipped like twenty four goals in eight games, there was so many. There was so many problems. He's just such. He was. You could tell he actually gave a shit. It wasn't so he, his fault for the goals. Yeah, like, do, he had. He played half a season, and he was in the top five for goals say like for saves. That's how many shots on goal he had. Like that's what he was up against. So good on him. I'm looking forward to see what he brings next season. So uh, we will have a trophy for him very soon. Uh, now, so shout out Ryan Scott, you deserve it. We will have the Young Player of the Year awarded in part two of this episode. Now, moving on to the tipping comp winner. Fucking hell. God damn it. Uh, can we move on? That's it. No. no. Let's skip uh, the tipping comp. Should we comp? Yeah. No, it was no. an 18-weight tie. No, this is, this is what it is. It, uh, after an extremely competitive season, Andrew Mantran has taken the cookies. Congrats, mate. You two will have a trophy very soon. I'm just waiting for it to be delivered to my house. Can we go on to the, the how would you call it, the super coach of fantasy? Oh, super yeah, coach the, the dream team. Yeah, I'm the dream team. Who won the dream Team who, who won the dream team? I think I think in the final game, um, it was it was Andrew Tran being defeated by Caleb Caleb's oh. Manchester untied. Oh, <laughs> I wonder how that happens. So I'll, I'll I'll just give a quick rundown from what I can remember. I don't have it in front of me, but Ricky <laughs> actually finished on top of the table by a landslide, and um, I think it was Andrew Tran who ended up playing him in the first week of the semis. Um, after the top two got the week off, which I believe were Gerald and Ricky, or it might yeah. have been Andrew and Ricky even. No, I'm pretty sure it was Gerald and Ricky. So they got the first week off. I ended up defeating Jay in that first elimination final. Quick where... shout, shout out to me because I didn't change my team for round one. So I had Curto as my goalkeeper for pretty much the whole year. <laughs> and look, he came he came pretty close in that game. Jay did quite well. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty I'm pretty sure Andrew blew out Brooke in a landslide in that first elimination final. I ended up getting over Gerald in the second, um, where Andrew ended up getting over Ricky. So it ended up being third versus fourth in the final. And the final ended with Andrew Tran fucking up and realizing that Melbourne City weren't. They didn't realise that Melbourne City weren't playing that round. So <laughs> I think he was a little bit disappointed by that, but I wasn't. So congratulations think, to me. Commiserations to Andrew Tran. Caleb, do you think Andrew sh- should hand his tipping comp trophy over to you for winning the Dream Team? 
I think what we should do is we should saw it in half <laughs> and take half each. Yeah. Now, now, jokes aside, let's move on to the bread and butter of the episode, the player reviews portion of our season review. Now, we started this last year and it's a very fun thing to do. Now, just to run through the process, all of us have submitted our rating from 1 to 10 on each player. That average has been created and then transposed into a letter grade. So from uh, A plus being highest, F being lowest. And, yeah, let's get into it. First off the bat is Aaron Kelver, which, Leb, you'll, you'll have a little summary for. We gave him an overall grade of C. What, what, what are your feelings on this guy? And I know you love him. <laughs> Of course you gave me this one. Oh, what the hell did you guys rate him for him to actually get a C? <laughs> I can tell you. Yeah, yeah. That's tell me what you guys good. rated him because I don't know how C I don't know how C works with that. Yeah, I didn't think I didn't think it was that bad. I, I don't, I don't think it was that bad. Yeah, I gave him a six point five. He was played uh, out of position a lot as fact, well. I gave the highest. Yeah, you gave the highest, Carls. He just wasn't a Look, nice guy, lovely guy. First season, he actually did quite well. But last season, he was, I'd say he was the most error-prone player on our team. Um, gave away the most balls in possession and out of possession, he uh, made the most errors. Apart from, uh, look, he didn't give away as many penalties as other players, and that I know. But his overall play, sometimes he just looked lost with and without the ball at his feet. It was just, I don't know, he just, whether or not it was the back three that he didn't fit into because I know that he's won a championship at Sydney, but... Um, oh, so he's signed. So just a update, live update that comes out like two weeks later, but Garuccio is signed. Yeah. Look, honestly, good cutoff there because I'm just done talking about Aaron Calibre. All the best at Perth. I hope he does well because he's a lovely bloke, but mm. I'm, I'm, I'm glad. He's oh, I, I reckon it was position. I reckon he was played out of position. Back three wasn't his style. It, yeah. Yeah. Look, I, unfortunately, nice guy, but him as a player isn't my style. So yeah, that's I, cool. I, I am glad he's gone, but I wish him all the best in the future. I do think, like, I know he got along well with, like, Connor Payne, Ryan Scott, all those guys. Good. It would have been a good Good bloke. Good locker room influence. He's a lad. He's a lad. Um, very funny, um, but like ultimately, you know, if you're funny you, while you're working, it doesn't matter. If you, you got to still do your job. It's just the dude's rocks. Boy, I'd love to catch up and have beers and have a surf and stuff like that with him. But on the football pitch, I'd rather him be in the service crew with us than on the pitch. Yeah. Um, rock. Now, moving on to Azu Bayou. Now, we gave him an overall gra- uh, grade of D+. Jay, what do you have to say about him? I'm glad you asked because I really don't have much. <laughs> we really didn't see much of Bayou. Season. He made a lot of appearances for uh, the under-23s, mm. uh, played quite well, um, but ultimately we're not grading him for the under-23s. Um, so he came quite late. Didn't really like do much, but you really can't hold it against him because you've got to sort of have when you're inexperienced in the A League, you've got to have people really helping you out. Um, he didn't get that as a team. We weren't functioning well at all. 
so it's hard to get a good grasp. I just gave him a four and I gave everyone who we didn't see much of, you know, example, like, you know, your Kane Shepherds and stuff like that. I gave most of them a four. I did about four. the same thing with that mm. kind of thing. If we didn't see him, I gave that four, four and a half, something like that as well. Would, yeah. I, be able to jump, would I be able to jump in? Um, no. Bayou provided some of our best attacking football in the last few games of the season which was quite interesting and after lighting up the NPL. So I'm very excited to see what manifests next season with this player. And the D plus is not actually, as you said, representative of what he's brought. It's just that what was available to him at the time with our player management. Yeah. Honestly, if we're going off his under 23s, he's a B plus to an A. Yeah. You know, he's settled in our under 23s and he's going to be cracking in the side soon if he keeps it up. But we're doing it off his on-field mm. performance. If he came on and scored an A goal, he's getting a six from me just because of um, his, age. his age, where he's coming from, the amount of game time he's had, the amount of influence he's had. Ultimately, if we had won a game because of him, then he's getting he's getting he's getting a six. He's getting which is more yeah. than some players that played most games. So, but unfortunately, that's just how it is. There's going to be a few players that are like that in this list that just we never really got to see them shine, never got to see their full potential. And Bayou was one of those guys in the A-League. But really, really, really hope that he uh, kicks it off this season or in the following season. Yep. Uh, moving on to Alessandro Diamanti. Now, Kelsey, you have this. Uh, we gave an overall, overall grade of B, which is down from last year. I can't remember what we did, but I'm pretty sure it was like an A plus, pretty high A. Uh, Kelsey, what do you have to say about Alessandro Diamanti? So, look, I think we all won't lie. He obviously wasn't as great as season one, um, but he did have some injury niggles um, during the season, had that rib issue. Um, but he was still our best creative midfielder and led with nine assists. Yeah, it was amazing. And, like, um, and we are talking earlier in the – previous episode about um, how he's helped develop Luke Duzel with those long diagonal passes. He's just good to have in the squad. I think he is beneficial, even if he does 30 minutes in a game. He's just good to have around. He's a good for development. I would love to see him become post-career um, part of our academy, one of our people who just... He's clearly people. still a class above. Mm. Honestly, potentially even a manager but only problem being the language barrier, you know, um, as, as well, you know, he's a, uh, like not the best English speaker. He's got a good football mind, but I think you've got to have, especially in this country, uh, you know, like uh, you, you've got to be able to properly communicate with your players. But it would be great to see him as a, a coach. Uh, if we could keep him on, that'd be great. But who knows where he'll go after he's done with us. At least we get one more season out of it. And hopefully it's a good one for him and us because yeah. um, yeah, I'd love to see him as a development coach. Yeah, just teaching people stuff. He, he's good to be around. Everyone we spoke to, Calva, um, Stammer, Cal, like everyone has purposely mentioned that having him around has lifted not only their ability, but their like 
I don't know. You know what I mean? Every, yeah, happy. every single player I've spoken to as well has said he just brings something else and he they get better by being around it. And you, and you hear that everywhere, all around the world in football, that playing with better players and training with better players is going to improve you. And sometimes you think, well, how much is it going to improve you? It improves you leaps and bounds like you don't know because it's just the insight and it's the... Look, if there's young players that are playing with Alessandro Diamanti, a player that's played in the Premier League, a player that's played in Serie A, Euros, internationals, they are going to learn something from him. They're not going to be the same skill level as him all the time, but they're going to learn They're going to learn his football brain, which is often more important than skill. Well, I, and I can tell you, you know, I, I do a, bit of, a little bit of jiu-jitsu, um, and it's like the perfect um, analogy from it would be you don't learn... Uh, if you know more than the person you're training with. If the person you're training with is better than you and they beat you and they run rings around you, that is when you learn. That's when you become better. So to have someone that's, you know, so much better than everyone, you know, they might he might run rings around them in the in the um in training or whatever. And and even, you know, let's let's look at it as as like a, a whole league. We've been beaten by some pretty good teams this year. But, you know, it gives you a chance to learn from those teams um, yeah. and, and learn from, you know, uh, losing. Because uh, you, you don't learn when when you win. You only learn when you lose. So... I know. I've, you, I've, learned to love, I've learned to love winning. I don't know about you. Yeah, but, well, uh, you learn a bit when you win. It's great. You learn more when you lose. When you win... No, 100%. Um, when you win, you know, it's great. It's great whatever, but when you lose, if you're not taking any lessons, then that's a real loss. 100% agree. Let's move on to the next person. We have Andrew Durante, who we gave an overall grade of C+. He played over 400 games, and he retired this season. Scott, what are your thoughts on Andrew Durante? Um, I thought, honestly, Durante was fantastic last season. I think this season might have been one of those one season too many. Type of seasons, he he come on a fair bit as sort of a backup defender, but he started to get a bit more game time towards the end. Which you know, I, it's good to see him, but and what he's done for the league. But uh, yeah, I think this was his last year, definitely. Yeah, haven't got much. Yeah, that's great. It would have been nice to see him sort of go out with a win. Especially, you know, that game we played over in um, Wellington. Oh, nice. And it was very disappointing to see the Wellington fans boo him. It's like, come on, guys. He yeah, was that was disappointing. Like, yeah. as much as he was a West United player, he was always going to be yeah. a Knicks player. Look, I know that when he had his interview and stuff, they did give him a cheer then, but they were booing him up until that point. And, yeah, look, if we were doing – I know we don't have a player that's – we haven't – existed for that long so we don't have a player like that for ages but you can relate it to other sport and a lot of a lot of fans in other sport wouldn't do that as well it's a bit, it was it was a bit tactless from the Knicks fans along with a couple of other things that we won't get into that we heard happen that day mm. the fans, for, but, for the A-League he what what how many games did he play 400. 400. Oh, I think it was 300. He should have been clapped no matter what team it was it's just an A-League A-League legend. He's yeah, like the Nick Lightfoot Stanley. He retires and leads Newcastle. Nobody's going to boo him. Exactly. Mm. But, like, um, well, we know, like, we're good friends with uh, a couple of guys. Uh, 
one specifically that lives in New Zealand. He's a mad Knicks fan, has his own pod. Um, and he actually uh, was uh, actually quite upset, you know, seeing Durant. He's disgusted. disgusted he was disgusted in, like, his, in his own fans, but he was upset seeing, you know, Durante come to tears, even though, you know, he's not playing for your club. He's just lost a game. You should be happy, but, you know, um, it was just – it was very disappointing to see, like, to see Durante lose so many games for his final run. But yeah, just throwing on to that, he played 425 professional games in Australian top flight. Just a fantastic achievement. Oh, actually take eight off that. Ballista Colasa. Well, is, what's that? Second? Oh, Singaporean from memory. Yeah. yeah. So, is sorry, 417. Most, 417. Is that the most or second most game? He's up there. In A-League. He's the most in A-League history at the yeah. Jericho, but if, Nikolai Top or Stanley plays. He reti- he's he's been released by the Jets. So. He has been released, but it's he's like a best where you don't know if he will retire yet. Mm, so if yeah. he does play another season and gets game time, he can pass that. But I think he's the only one who's kind of to it at this point. Honestly, Dura's gone. We've got a spot for you, Nikolai. I know you listen to this podcast, brother. Um, yeah, side note: a little bit of a bit of a Durante update. He's bought a caravan. He's caravanning around Australia. So follow him on Instagram for that kind of those updates. Good on him. Well, he, already, yeah, he, was, turning, he was turning a bit grey. It's about time he got the Nomad going. I, he's, I, I'm very happy for him. He spent his life playing football, a sport which he loved. Um, one of the quotes that really hit me personally was he, his, his parents told him they really loved being able to turn the, the TV on on the weekend and watch him play football, whether they went to the game or saw him on TV. So that that for me was like it was a really heartfelt thing. Um, it's a lovely story, and yeah, exactly. Like guy, we've we've met him and spoken to him plenty of times, and he's one of the nicest guys, and he's he's, he's got a pretty good personality too. He's a pretty funny bloke. Wish him all the best in his endeavours after football, and hopefully we'll see him back in the game in some capacity in the future. We'd love to see him at Western United, or even just as a coach in the. I'd love to see him uh, managing, coaching Wellington Phoenix one day, uh, or even um, a coach in the at the Socceroos. Well, through that, I'd like to see him. Part or of even the New Zealand group. national team. Yeah. I want to yep. see him in the service crew. Screw that. I'll just... <laughs> He'd jump in well, I reckon. Okay, cool. Let's move on to the next one, which is Apostolos Stamatolopoulos. Um, I'm covering this today. We gave him an overall grade of E+. Apostolos was a big mover and shaker in our inaugural preseason, but not manage any game time this season, or really last season, he mutually terminated his contract and landed the Jets, which, afford, which afforded him nine goals with three star. Uh, sorry, nine, nine starts, three goals, and three more appearances. We can't judge his time at the Woo because it didn't really exist. He didn't get any game time this season, but it's great to see him doing well at another team. Well, unlike other players who we'll get to later, it was nice to see somebody go about leaving the club in the right way, having a mature discussion with the club, both clubs and player coming decision. Well, you're not going to get game time here, but we still want to, you know, we don't want to hinder your development. We'll let you go so you can try and find somewhere. So I've got no hate on him. No, big fan. He has been on the podcast and I know Scott, you're a big fan of Stammer. I'm was, I, I'm still was. a fan of Stammer. Yeah, I was probably, I was probably one of the most critical people of Stammer. But in his games against us when he was at the Jets, he threw everything at us. He was doing freaking spin kicks, man. He was doing some Bruce Lee Lee shit to try and get that. He wanted it. And that, for me, I 
I was I'm I, I can't wait to see what he does with his career. Um, Stanley what did you say about him? He left early, but he did well at Jets, and I'm so happy for him. He is a friend of the podcast, and he'll ride at Jets. Look, he's already been released from the Jets, so where's he going to be next? He'll probably he's a player that I see falling into the NPL cracks. Mm. He's he just needs that he needs the game time to develop his game. He's still okay, young. He's he had a lot of game time at the Jets. Though. He only scored two goals, and let's be real, they pretty much fell into the net for him. He he headed. The ball in yeah, front. one of them like came in off his. Dude, off. it worked for Cahill. That's what Cahill made a career out of heading the ball. Yeah, but he did it consistently for fifteen years. Stammer's done it three times. I hate. I should hate him more than any anyone because he's an Everton boy. But he would rise up and head of the ball. Okay, let's move on. Let's move off Stammer. Let's yeah. go into Ion Majok and Caleb. You have him. He is a grade of C minus. What can you tell us by Ion? Who is my boy? So don't flex on him, bro. I don't don't have too much to say about him, good or bad. What I will say good is that um, he's lit it up in the NPL and he's he's done it time time and time there again. Um, But at A-League level, I think it was just a little bit too much for him at this point in his career. He'll be exciting to see next season, especially if he keeps flourishing at the NPL level. And um, let's hope he can, even if it's off the bench next season, bag a few goals for us. And he's another one of those players uh, that got signed, like, uh, sorry, put on the field, you know, at times where um, it was always going to be rough for him, you know. Um, he never really gelled or it never really felt like he gelled with our squad. He had a couple of good runs. But um, I think he'd need to start or play a lot more to really, you know, for him to mm. really be in the league. I haven't really – I think he's covered it pretty well. Sweet. We'll move on to Bessar Barisha then. Now, Jay, you've covered him, and we gave him an overall grade of C+. What can you tell us about the highest goal scorer in uh, A-League history slash highest goal scorer in Western United history? Slash uh, biggest goal scorer of the last season with our poultry six. Slash boating enthusiast. Slash loves his Melbourne coffee. Slash am I ever going to be able to score? <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> A lot of slashes there, um, but flash okay. What can he's been flashed from the team? What, what, yeah, what can I say about Bessart other than you know it's sad to see him go, even though he didn't have a great season for us. But uh, C plus, I still think uh, as the Golden Boot winner, he should be getting the B. That's uh, on us. Um, obviously, uh, you'd want more from him. You know, he scored almost twenty last last year. Between and also between him and Dimmer, they created like 40 goals this year. It was max like 15 between them. So it's, it's, it's as much as it was a disappointing season for him, it was a disappointing season for Western United. Um, he's still got the hunger, I think, whether or not the skill is or the skills there, but whether or not the, the work ethic is there or the ability to, you know, really really push is there I'm not sure it won't matter for us from here on out but um, it was a disappointing season for an outstanding player and a C plus is really I think as bad as it gets for Bessart um, yeah it's, it's it was it was ultimately you know even though he was our golden golden boot winner still a very disappointing season uh, I don't know like no it's it's like sort of bittersweet you know what I mean? In, in the sense that as, as 
prolific as a goal scorer as he's been, you really need more goals. He didn't start as much, which I think is a factor. We tried to rest him. We tried pretty much everything we could with him to get him back into his form. It just didn't happen for him. And players have those sorts of seasons. Unfortunately, it couldn't have come at a worse time. And, yeah, he's cut. Sad to see him go, but good luck to him. He's had a grouse career regardless of what happens from here on out. And I think that um, any everyone at Western United should be grateful that he was here to give us 26 goals or 26 old goals. In 50 games. Yeah. Um, yeah. What I'll add to that is he actually had seven goals and three assists. So he had, like, he, so he, between him and Diamani, they created uh, 20 goals for the season between them, between assists and goals. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the last season, though, was, it was around. It was more than that. It was around yeah, 40. So I think yeah. it was about. I agree. 40. But just going to your point, you said it was around 15. I just thought I'd give you the exact stat on that. And the thing about yeah, this, yeah. too, is no one was more disappointed with his season than himself. Mm-hmm. I on the boat, like him apologizing to us, going, you know, it'll come, it'll come. I'm sorry. You know, so. No one was a harder critic on Bess other than than Bess himself. And I think um, – I don't really think it happened. We didn't really boo Bessart when he was coming on, but uh, or we always tried to support him as best we could. But Bessart was one of those players that really fed off the crowd. And so, like, when you get those Bessart, Barisha chants going, you really need to get loud because he feeds off that. And, mm-hmm. and um Active support wasn't the best this year. It could have been better. It was very hard for a lot of people to consistently get the games. But Not to mention I, COVID regulations to actually support your club was difficult. Exactly. A lot of the Barisha's downtime was towards the end of the season, which is basically when we couldn't get to go there. Yeah. Due to COVID reasons or it was on a Monday night, Tuesday night. Oh. I can't remember which nights it was. It was on odd nights. It just wasn't a great... Fixturing was shit. For, yeah. yeah, I think there was a random Thursday night in there or something. Yeah, it just, it just the timings weren't great and COVID and all these other issues. It's, yeah, it's, let, let's not let's not harp yeah. on that. Let's yeah, it's onward and upward. Scott, did you have anything to say about Bessar Barisha? Look, he was fantastic the first year. I was a bit annoyed when we first signed him. He proved me wrong, like a few people have. He started off the season pretty well, but then he saw, he did die off a lot and he lost confidence, lost motivation towards the end of the season. And I think with the team being down, he's getting older and he's getting slower. It just didn't work for him, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. wishing the best wherever he ends up, victory. Yeah. And then, yeah uh, very end, I think I'm wishing the one best. player I probably wouldn't do. <laughs> Yeah. I don't think – do you know what? I don't think we, as a club, will really boo any of our old Max former Burgess. players. Burgess. Burgess. Burgess was – yeah. I didn't do it in the right way. Oh, That's oh. the thing. If he Bur- gave yeah, his- Burgess got a, a reason behind it. Like, Listen, he could have played this whole season and been in exactly the same position where he is right now, signing for Sydney at the end of the season, give us the season – he lost one of the most. Well, let's we'll move on to him, but he lost a crucial, like a crucial season of his career in his peak. Let's move on. Rad Inman, we gave an overall grade of D. Kelsey, what do you got to say about him? Look, he was neither here nor there. He was a mid-season loan signing with A League experience to come up for injuries. He didn't get a chance to really show anything. He basically existed. Yeah, probably could have been used after our like. 
with the with our form at the end of the season. I don't have much to say. Anyone else want to chime in? Scotty? And then when he wasn't injured, you know, we were going well. When he was injured, we needed him. It was just bad luck. And that's all you got to chalk it, chalk it down to. Like, just he had a, a one of the best um, goal scorers. Like, if you look up, look up his highlight reel in the A League, all of his goals are bangers. If we could have got one or two from him this year, it would have just been, you know, a season change. But unfortunately, it was just the football gods weren't with us. We couldn't get him in. Yeah. It was, yeah, neither a win nor a loss for the club. It was six months. That was it. Yeah, it is what it is. He was a good thing to fill out the squad. We'll move on. Uh, now, Scott, you have this person, Brendan Hamill. We gave a grade of C+. Plus. An interesting season with that red card in Tassie. Like, I feel like a lot of you other guys probably should have been red card in Tassie, if you know what I mean, active. Uh, no, I don't know what you mean, mate. We were good boys in Tassie. Uh, we're 80-plus so, students. <laughs> Uh, Scott, what can you tell me about Brendan Hamill? Uh, Hamill, look, I, I really like Hamill, but I think him, like a lot of others, struggled this year. You know, back, they were woeful at times. You can't just single out him. I think it was pretty much all of them at times. He was out of position a lot. He was played wrong. I think he suits a back four more than a back three. I'd like to see him in a back four for future onwards. And it wasn't his greatest season. And I hope he can turn it around for the next season. Yeah, I think he had some good moments. He, he looks to be a good figure in the club. So I just, that on field needs to follow up as well. But that he game. He sort of come in at the wrong time, sort of when the whole club were on the down. Yeah, well, he had that injury for a long time, so it's been a very hard one for him to come back in full, full, full tilt. But uh, I hope to see more from him. I'm a big fan. But, uh, yeah, with uh, BJ, played out of position, like Scotty said. Um, just a bit disappointed, disappointing that we couldn't see him at his best. Uh, as Like, he could have done better. That's on him. Uh, the club could have done better for him. That's on us. Uh Hopefully it all gels for us next year. Yeah, I'll get on to BJ Hamill. I think, oh, look, another another really nice guy. He's a bit quieter than a few of the other guys we have um, in our club personality-wise. So I think he probably settles the other guys down a little bit, which is good. Um, he, he's a good player. The injury that he topped in our first season put his preseason kind of really on hold for our second. And... Um, I think the formation didn't really help him too much. I don't think he's used to playing in a back five or a back three, let's say. Um, he's, a, he's an Asian Champions League winner. He's, he's proven in the A-League. He's, he's a good player. And I think next season he can have a better season, um, provided his fitness levels and injuries are under under like on track to be good. He has a potential. I reckon he can really... He can really shine for us if yeah, played. Yeah, he's, he's not he's not that old either. He's about what thirty, maybe. No, he's like twenty seven. Is he only that old? Okay, I thought he, I thought he, he was. A he bit signed older. with us when he was twenty six. So okay, he'd be probably twenty eight, touch older than me. So he's, yeah, he, think, he's coming. He's coming into what should be his prime. Yeah, uh, he just needs to be played right. I, I, I thought, yeah, the formation definitely. 
Yeah, he's 28. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so he should be coming into his prime. And the, the fact that we, we constantly changed our, our, our back, like he was playing with M.I. back at one stage, then he was playing with Cock at the back. He, he's just all over the place. and Played with about five different players at the back, I think. So, And he's one that I reckon that can grow in the future. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Kelsey, you got anything to say about BJ? I really think he's a solid player. Like, you know, Give him a full preseason. Let's see what he can do next. Love it. Now, let's move on to Charlie Emery. Now, I've got Charlie Emery, and I know we're all big fans of him. Uh, I think some of the votes were biased here because I saw some 10s. Yeah, yeah, I gave a 10. Yeah. Uh, Now, Charlie's boots never touched the pitch bar the bench for the senior side, but let's talk about how good he's been and his backstory, which for me, I think we all, we love. This now, is Charlie, what this is the sort of thing we want out of the club. This, this is the is, sort of this is the sort of story that we want coming out of our football. Exactly. He's the first, I hope, of many. He's a, a local Westview who last season was in the active support with the Western Service Group and played for Werribee's sec, uh, soccer club. He got signed to West United Youth Team, where I might add he has been had uh, had regular game time. I think he's first choice. In the yeah, he's first choice there. Yeah, he's the he's doing well, yeah. and our. MPL team is top three. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, yeah. But he's doing well. Yeah. He's, he's amazing. But then he got the call up to the senior team when Curtis had that first, that concussion earlier in the season. Scott became, Ryan Scott became our first goalkeeper and we needed a second goalkeeper because we don't have one signed to the senior team. He got the call up and it was such a, it's such a, a beautiful story of someone who went from being a fan of the club in their inaugural season to being on a senior game, on the bench at a senior game. It's beautiful. I can't wait to see where it ends up. We gave him a B minus. I want to see him in nets in five years because goalkeepers typically are a little bit older when they're in that zone. I cannot wait to see what comes from him. Who would like to take the floor on this one? Scotty, you got it. All I could say is Ryan Scott, do not fuck up because Emery is ready, will be there ready to roll. We love you, Scotty, but Emery is quality too. (laughs) Okay. Emery's a lad. He's one of the lads. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah but Scotty is too. We love him, both. Well, Curdo's, Curdo's gone, so maybe Emery gets a call up. Look, I think it's a bit too early. I think it looks like we probably will sign somebody to be our backup. So it looks like Emery will still be third in line. But, Emery's um, a couple of years but it away. Looks like, it looks like Ryan Scott has solidified his number one. He even told me last year that... Once Curdo goes, I said, are you going to be respectful, keep your number 30? He said, no, nah, I want that number one jersey. I want that number one jersey. So I think that will be going to Scotty this season. And um, Emery, will, Emery will still be third and he'll still be first choice um, top level NPL to go on continuing his development. And in maybe even as soon as not this season coming up next season, we'll see him as second choice. I hope so. But that's consistent with his age bracket. Exactly. Which is nothing against he's only what, 18 or 19. So he's, he's young, young as hell. Yeah. He's a young kid. He couldn't even drink when he was in the service crew with us. He was that young. So he go get, get like a weaker FFA Cup game. Who knows? He might get some minutes on the pitch. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. Um, all, I hope he's a Western service crew keeper. That's all I can say. <laughs> I reckon we I reckon we can pull him in for that one as long as the insurance and everything kind of well, well I don't know how Andrew men trends. I don't know how he's gonna get in over A tracks, but you know, we'll see. I don't know. A tracks is our striker, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, nah, A tracks is A tracks is keeper. 
He is a key right here. Now, let's move on, guys. Connor Payne. Now, Caleb, you'll be handling this one. We gave him an overall grade of B, and he played pretty much every game, and bar a few subs, like majority of those minutes. What do you have to say, Leb? Look, a lot of the talk this season has been about how good Tomoki and Scotty have been, but um, Connor Payne, you'd have to give the third-place third place runner-up prize to essentially because he was consistent pretty much every single game. Connor got up and down that left side, um, whether it was offensive to provide assists. Um, how did he score this season? I think he might have scored one on this season. So he was still getting the assists. He still he still managed to chip in with a goal. And um, he still got back, and he's he's not a ready-made left-back. He's not a natural left-back. And the fact that he was still getting back and defending so well every game, it's it's a credit to him. So he I had his to, one goal. Yeah, one goal one and goal. three assists. Yeah, That's the one. You don't need to look up to that man, Jay, here. But look, if, if you're, if you're left-back, you... And in the look in the sort of formation that we're playing, you probably would want him to probably provide more assists. But he was one of our more consistent players, especially when we weren't playing that well, when we were on our run of losses. He's one of the players that um, I found giving myself at least one vote to every single week because mm-hmm. he, he's a player who never gives up. He gives his all for the team, and his consistency, even though he's not a world beater, he's not going to set the game on fire every single game. He's going to be solid and he's the sort of player that you want in your club any day of the week. Yeah. I found that he gave us a surety and consistency on that left side of the pitch. Yes. Yeah. You knew what you were getting week in, week out, guaranteed out of him. He's a, he did, he did the player you stick on times, and you rely on. You don't need to worry about that position. Yeah, that side, you know it's covered. You know he's not going to make many mistakes. He's going to do the right things at the right time. He's been our Mr. Reliable. And, and yeah. when he was making mistakes, because let's be real, everyone made him this year, um, it's because the whole team was down. It wasn't just him. No one was covering him. Uh, but, yeah, Caleb pretty much hit the nail on the head there. He was just a workhorse. And I don't think we could ask much more of him. He pretty much was right up there with, yeah, top three players of the year. Love it. Let's move on to Dalibor Markovic. Now, Jay, you have him. We gave him an overall grade of uh, <laughs> D+. Now, he was marred with an injury in his first game, pretty much when he touched the pitch. Uh, Not Milo. So, Nicholas Milanovic, no. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I remember Dalibor now. Very solid player for the Vuck. Um Unfortunately, he couldn't get a win against us because uh, Victor Sanchez was there just to disappoint him. Victor Sanchez, baby! And, um, yeah, it was disappointing to not see him. You know, D-plus is someone that couldn't, you know, we never really saw much of. Uh, would have liked to see more of him because he's definitely got the potential. Um, was one of Victory's best players while he was there. Uh, hopefully we see more of him next year. If he can crack it in the team, if he can train well, he can play well, then uh, another one of those players, you know, right up there with um, Parias and um, and Wales, still young, still got a lot of potential. Uh, like, honestly, I'd put him in the same sort of category as Duzel. If we can get those sorts of performances out of him, then he will be one for the future, that's for sure. Any final comments on Dalibor? Or Dally? The Dally Lowe? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think of the him being victory's man of the match in our 4-3 win. Yeah. 
Now, let's move on to a very big character, uh, Dylan Parias. Uh, we gave him a B plus, and he had an, ex- like an amazing season. Kelsey, please take it away. So I think he had a very solid season. Like, he really went to another like level in the second season. Uh, he had the second most goals with six. The thing that shocked me was he only had the one assist. I actually thought he had a couple more than that. Same. Um, so that surprised me a little bit. But, um, look, I think what I want to see from him going forward is just to develop that full 90 minutes of cardio, which will come with – he's young. He's good, needs to still develop it still and just add some more of those assists because I was a bit shocked. But I think a lot of time maybe he was doing the pre-assist, the ball that led to the assist. Yeah. So I don't think he's far off. Um, I think he can all, he can definitely go to a higher level. I think we all believe he can do that. I feel he was our best impact player, especially when coming off the bench at times. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, I agree exactly what Kelsey was saying. The cardio is a bit of an issue. He needs to work on his fitness. I don't know whether or not that's because he he runs at a million miles an hour when he when he does go for a ball and he uses all his energy that way. Um, but the biggest thing that I got out of that was his final ball and the assist. You see him with his shooting and he knows exactly what he wants to do there. But when he's looking to pass it off and create that goal, he seems a lot of the time that he he seems flustered. He he he, he either fluffs he, he fluffs the ball too hard, or he or he doesn't put enough enough power on the ball, or not enough whip on it, or something. That seems to be. His I feel he's in two minds on it at times. Like, should I go? Should yeah. I do this kind of ball? This ball? Which one do I do? Which one? And then he just picks a completely third different option. Yeah, it's the it's the old analogy of was that a shot or a cross? It was neither. That's kind of DP when he's going for an assist. When he's going for a shot, he knows exactly what he's doing and, and he'll hit the target and he'll score some bangers as like he did this season. I actually voted for his his goal against MacArthur as my goal of the season, which didn't win it. I'm sure it would have come close. But he knows what he's doing with that. But yeah, he seems to get caught in two minds. I don't know whether it's the wavelength between him and other players and the chemistry between them. Between us, like, we've pretty much hit the nail on the head. Like, he just needs to develop those assists um, and the cardio. If he can develop that 90 minutes of cardio, he could really do some damage. But, Which but he's, he's amazing for his age bracket. Let's not harp on the negative. He had an amazing season. He's a lovely guy as well. I've had a couple of chats to him too. And, and His and, dad's and, a legend. His dad's yeah, a legend. Yeah. He, he's the most mild-mannered person you'll ever meet. When he gets the football at his feet, you just see and he'll just head down, head down and run and, because he's got the skill. I'm going to disagree with everyone here. I think that he was brilliant when Weston were brilliant. When we were all on... Parias was the star of the show. When everyone's off, he doesn't know what he's doing. He's sort of looking at other people for, uh, you know, inspiration and it's not coming to him. But, you know, uh, prime example, when we dusted um, MacArthur in Ballarat and he scored that goal pretty much running from halfway, cool as you like. You wouldn't see it done any better even if it was the Premier League. That was all him himself. Yeah, I know. but, But if Weston aren't playing well, I still think I think if he gets the ball at his feet and runs through he, he fucks it up. He definitely got confidence. But I, th- I think the confidence doesn't come from inward. I think when Weston are on, he's on. I also think he's the most improved player in, if not Weston, maybe even the league. Like, I did not expect this sort of season. I didn't expect to be putting so much trust in Dylan this year. He's been unreal for us. Um, he 
got the Oli Roos call up. He's going to the Olympics. He's going to win gold. Good luck to him. And hopefully he sticks with us for another couple of years because let's be real, uh, he might not be top three, but top five players of the year. I believe you got fifth or top top four. I'd still, I'd still put Dimmer in there, but like Pariah's right up. Five. He was yeah. fifth in our player of the season. Yeah, there we go. And that's like for somebody to, you know, not even be in the top 15 in our first season to come, you know, fifth, you know, someone that never really got a run to someone that's, you know, you're pretty much relying on. There was a point where if we were getting first names on the team sheet. Well, yeah, but there was a point, you know, in that in the season where, you know, the goals weren't coming from best. Where else are they going to come from? They had to come from Dylan. And, you know, he couldn't deliver, but he's not a player of Bess's calibre yet. Um, he's not a striker. You know, let's remember he was a right back that's been converted into essentially a striker now. So um, there's still a lot to come from him. Uh, he's still got a lot to learn, but also he's probably our most versatile player and the player that we have with the most potential. So let's not quite destroy him and pull him apart yet. Let's keep moving. Uh, Scott, do you have anything to say about uh, Dylan Pierres in a sentence? Can't wait to see him. Top player. Sweet. Cool. Now, moving on to Philip Curto. We gave him an overall grade of C+. And, Scott, he's one of your people. What have you got to say about Philip Curto's season with us? He only made eight appearances for us, and then he had a concussion, which he's had a number of concussions with us, and he eventually made way for... Look, it was... Sort of sad to see towards the end because he, since he did get concussed, it sort of gave Scott the opportunity and he took full advantage of that opportunity. Curtis is a solid keeper and just unfortunately couldn't get back into the game, couldn't push Scott out the road. Let's be real, Curto got like concussed and then Scott never gave him a chance to get back in. Got dominated too much. It wasn't through lack of effort. I actually spoke to, well, Scotty again. We we sort of know. We've had a couple of chats with him. And I, I spoke to Ryan Scott while we were in Tassie and said, you know, what's the go with Curdo? Is he a bit pissed off that, he's, that you've taken his number one spot and you're in and out? You're in, you know, every week. And he said, no, Curdo's my biggest fan. Curdo just wants me to keep getting better and better. He's giving me all this advice, this and that. And it's like, you know, that's fantastic to see from a keeper that's like fighting for number one spot. That's but what that, you want from someone that, like, is, you know, obviously you need two keepers we all thought he was moving on. Spot. We all thought mm. Kurdo was moving on or, like, if he if this season wasn't his last season, it probably would have been next season. Um, so it's good to see him investing in the future for our club and, you know, football too, doing, the, the doing his job, doing his job, because if you're not on the field, you've got to be helping who is on the field. So that's like, uh, I'd give Curto a B or a B plus just because of his input into Ryan Scott's future. And let's be real. Um, if he didn't get concussed, he probably would have kept for a lot longer. If he never got injured, yeah, like if we never, we if if Curdo never got injured, we would like Ryan Scott simply would not be our player of the year. It's percent. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was a bit of a sliding doors moment for Paul Curdo. Like he gets injured, Scott comes in, 
never gets another chance. He was unlucky not to get enough, like, you know, just by pure by the class of Scott in the back half of the season. He got nothing. No chance. Absolutely no chance. That's right. He didn't get a sniff. And, you know, that's through no fault of anyone else, you know, just due to the good performances by Ryan Scott. Mm. Um, I Pretty much all I have to say to Kurt, I was just thank you for your time and, like, thank you for everything you did for the club in the first two years. Yeah, Kurt loses no stock for for us. Like um, he's he's our all time best goalkeeper, in my opinion. Still, That's, yeah. Scott, Scott's, Scott's amazing. Love Scott. We're two seasons in. That, yeah. that, but you know what I mean. Like I have a soft spot for Scott. Uh, for for Curdo, he's a great keeper, and good on him that he helped develop our next one. Let's move on to probably my favorite player of this season, Ika Guarachena. Now, not only did I have to learn how to spell, like, say names with an X in it, I got good at it. We gave him an overall grade of B. Uh, it was a surprise signing, but one I look forward to seeing, he made 17 starts with three goals and had an amazing first touch. He'd become a, a sub later in the season, which I was su- surprised by, and I would have liked to see more. I think his talent was wasted in our system. What would you guys like to say about it? I completely agree that his talent was wasted in our system. But also, it's like half on us, half on him. I think he should have uh, really kicked on at some points in the season and he sort of just fell towards the back. And then there were points where he just completely took over and it looked like, oh, man, this he had the potential to be like the best player in the league. Uh, disappointing to see him go because I think with another season and maybe if he could string a few good games together, he could like just literally be one of the best in the league. Uh, but ultimately, that's just not how it was. Really nice bloke, had a few chats with him, loved loved the support, loved Melbourne, loved the West. Um, yeah, just uh, a good bloke. Uh, had a had an average season at like, but that worst. let's be real, the whole team did. I think if, if he was playing in... Uh, our first season, and cool. it's a completely different story. I think he's just mm. absolutely. I think he's flying like Dimmer and Bess in the first season, mm. and uh, maybe yeah, not as close. I still think. I still think he's doubling whatever you know goals and assists. I think he's doubling what he's done. You know, wherever he goes, whatever he does, whether it's in Australia or elsewhere. Good luck to the bloke. Nicest bloke ever, and. Ultimately, I don't like saying "nice bloke" in because ultimately, because ultimately, it's you know, um, it's a club. You got to run it like a business, and it doesn't matter how nice you are. You got to, you know, put in that that effort and get those results. But I think had we been given more time with Ica, we would be able to get more results. Um, look, if he, you know, I know he stated that he'd like to come back to Western United if given the opportunity. If he resigned, I'll personally be happy. Um, I, the one thing that shocked me with him was um, he had zero assists for the season as well. Um, probably could have done a few more of them, like could have used a few more assists out of him. But as you said, it's indicative of really the whole team not really performing that well on the pitch overall. Yeah. Um, like I'll say he's one of his best games or probably his best game was when he scored that cracking goal against MacArthur. And yeah. that was when, uh, going back to my... Yeah, going back to talking about Parias, Parias skipped through three or four defenders, just blitzed past them and scored a goal. 
that that four one and it was barely a one win against MacArthur was our just best performance of the season. We literally just blitzed everyone. Everyone looked great. And if we could have seen that Ica six or seven times rather than yeah. three or four, we're probably making finals. Well, that's the thing. But, yeah, that's just not how it's... He how had it's moments been. there where you could see his class and his ability, but it just wasn't consistent enough across the season. I, I do remember once he um, literally Ronaldinho did. I can't remember who it was against. Oh, yeah. um, he, he pulled the ball back and kept three defenders and the keeper and it hit the crossbar. And it might have been MacArthur yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, it was. He, that was his best game. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, yes, yeah. No, it was. Yeah. And then I think best. And it was just unreal. It was literally like God had taken over Ikeguara Chenna for the day because he just had, he literally had the run of the field. Like, it was unreal. Um, unfortunately, he's gone now. I'd love to see him back. I think he'd love to be back as well. Do you reckon... Do you reckon he's gone? Do you oh, reckon he's he's, he's, he's Facebook he's, and that he's overseas. He's, he's gone. But do you reckon there's a chance of him maybe changing his mind, swinging back? No, he I wants don't think to be here. Yeah. No, I think in a post-COVID era, we have Ikaguara Chenna in 2021, 2022. Yeah. So no, in in the post-COVID era, we can oh, we yeah. can be looking at getting Guarachena back, but it also depends on what he does footballing-wise in Europe. I don't think he'll be going to a top league. Um, do you he know? Might be going in, you know, your Spanish second division at best, but it'd still be good to see him. Yeah, it'd still be good to see him kick on. Do you guys want to know his retirement plan? He was studying he, to become a teacher. He told me personally, but I want to see what you know. He's studying to become a teacher. Yeah, yeah. That's like that's. I think that would have been amazing for him to finish his career here, become a teacher. It would have been amazing because he, you know, what I mean? like. It would have been a great story. I was really well, gutted when he left. It's going to be one of those attractive Spanish pieces. But... Yeah, Ica did tell me that he wanted to see his out his career in Melbourne and with Western. So who knows if that was three, four more years, you know, because I think he's only 28. He's 28 or 29. So if, if, we could, if we could have had him till he was 32, uh, that would have been unreal. But... Uh, you know, it'll happen in the future too. Um, he's still in his physical prime, so far as uh, football. I think when uh, I think footballers hit their prime between, or even yeah, twenty seven, thirty two. You know, that's when you've got your peak athleticism and the skill you've gained. So I think he's really starting to hit that peak. Maybe even in, I don't I actually don't think he's hit that peak yet. I still think he's got another two years before he hits that. I think it's a late bloomer, but um, early and they drop off. So that, that's just, that's just based on science and statistics. You never know per player. Yeah. But, 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 from, but from what I'd seen, I still think he had a little bit to offer. So it's disappointing to see him go. Any final comments on Ica Guarachena? Nah, not so said. Come back. Wicked. Well, that's the first half of our season review done. We would like to thank everyone for listening today. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter and, all, and Insta and all our West podcasts. Uh, all West, aren't we? All West, aren't we? All West, aren't we?
Epstein didn't do it.